Get into the bag, I want all of that. Got a number, but I ain't calling back. All my grip, no stalling. Welcome back. Man, I call the place like a quarterback. Get into the bag, I want all of that. Got a number, but I ain't calling back. You shaped all posts with goals, with nets, actual nets attached instead of nets you have to raise up and lower every so often during the game. It is the right hosh here in Winston-Salem, Raleigh. Lillington, Fuquay. I always forget where Alex actually lives sometimes, but that's close enough. We are, we are here east and west North Carolina, eastern and western North Carolina, I should say, combining forces for yet another episode of our soccer series, the right hosh. World Cup is in the books. All our reactions are stashed in our previous episodes. You can go back and find those on our Twitter or on our anchor, Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast. And of course, since it is the right hosh, we do have. Rob Jordan with us at Dr. Bobby J on Twitter. If you want to give him a follow. Great to be back, gents. Of course, of course, this will be premiership heavy. Um, although uh, Portsmouth, since we last talked, did uh, take take one on the chin from uh, from Tottenham in, in the FA Cup. Uh, but oh, that that was a, that was a bummer. But but Rob's Rob's EPL club, plenty to talk about there, plenty to brag about. Um, Alex and myself have some some things to to, I guess, kind of soccer hot box about, about our own favorite clubs. Uh, I was just going to say real quick, if we're going to talk Chelsea, we might as well talk Portsmouth because both of them deserve to be in the premiership equally. <laughs> and that's not a compliment toward Chelsea. Uh, it's just a very, very backhanded. Um, Chelsea, first loss since, against Fulham since 2006 in EPL play. That's like... I didn't even know. I didn't even know there was an EPL in 2006. I was, I was 13 and just getting into international soccer, kind of. But big week for Sean Khan, like like I like I said earlier today. Uh, I th- I think Tony Khan does more of the uh, the Fulham stuff. So Sean writes the checks, but Tony's the day to day guy. So but ju- just just a big weekend for the cons in general, and, and a really really bad week. Oh, not not the worst week for Chelsea, but but but. It is. A, it is. A, they did get a win over Crystal Palace, like they were supposed to, but not. Not. I think they would have taken two and zero. I think anything less than two and zero here in this two game stretch was kind of a kind of a disappointment. I mean, I think I, best... I'm I'm a fan of the Chelsea performances in the last couple of weeks because that's been uh, the only bright. Don't get spot me wrong. Me. Don't get me wrong. Same the, here. But it's been the only bright spot for me and the citizens. Uh, but we'll. We'll, we'll 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 go in we'll go in order. We're going to touch on all three of our teams and and probably Chelsea as well. I, I don't know, but um, I, I just can't wait to talk some Premiership after the derbies we had over the weekend and uh, and what what we have left now that we don't have World Cup in the way. We've got UCL um, a little bit or uh, Europa League, but otherwise this is a mad dash to the end of April for the top of the table. Rob, go yeah. ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's certainly mad dash right now. Um, I've said previous episode, you know, I, I genuinely believe uh, at this point it's going to be between um, Arsenal, uh, Man City and Newcastle. But I did note that Man United is surging. So, um, you know, I, I think you could add it like a top four right now. But I mean, th- those are really the four most consistent teams since the World Cup break. Um, so it, it's certainly heating up and, you know, we are, as of these last matches that were paid or played, we are, uh, exactly halfway through the premiership season. So, 
Um, you know, look out for injuries, uh, watch out for squad depth. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about that, uh, but also big transfers as well. Um, so, you know, some teams' uh, fortunes may turn, um, but, you know, at, at this point, uh, the Gunners are the kings of the premiership. And, uh, you know, Man City, you know, they've been losing some momentum. Uh, I know that we'll get into that uh, as we discuss more of the Man City goals uh, in general, but uh, Newcastle, in my opinion, they have the best defense um, in the whole premiership, um, and they have a capable attack, which has been able to win them games and get them draws where they needed. And then Man United's just um, between Casemiro and Rashford alone. Um, you know, they've been in phenomenal form uh, since the World Cup break. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who ends up distancing themselves uh, in the latter part of the season. Normally, you start with the bad news first and a bad news, good news situation. It was it was mostly bad news for Alex and my teams in the uh, in the, the the weekend derbies derbies. Um, but but we'll start with the good news for for you, of course, Rob. That the Gunners getting a win in the North London derby, as they say. North North London is red, and this one was this one was they jumped out. You know, they jumped out in the first half and then just controlled it. It was almost like a like a football team getting out and then running the ball, running the clock out, just not not never allowing the. The, the Spurs to even get their offense into any form of form of consistent attack. Yeah. I mean, definitely the, I mean, the Arsenal attack was in full flow, uh, you know, cause the, when they played Newcastle, uh, as I mentioned, you know, I, I generally think that Newcastle has the best defense in the premiership and they were able to, you know, mess up Arsenal's flow and stemmy that. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, um, you know, match to match, uh, momentum is a real thing. So it was going to be crucial, you know, are Arsenal going to find their same form that they uh, were playing with the beginning of the season? And they certainly found that in the North London Derby. Um, and, you know, it, it was a great match to watch. And like you said, Luke, uh, pretty much any chance that uh, Tottenham had was stifled uh, by great midfield play as well as defensive play. And, uh, you know, I'll take a Portsmouth loss in the FA Cup. Uh, it was a narrow loss. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll take an Arsenal win over Tottenham any day if that's what the cost is. Sorry, Alex, Alex go ahead. We, we jumped on at the same. Uh, no, that, that, that do be the cost, but you, you do still have one team left uh, kicking in the FA Cup. Um, Arsenal and Man City set to square off uh, next Friday, the 27th. Um, in the fourth round of the FA Cup, so uh, should should be really interesting. I don't I don't know if we'll convene again before then. So, um, Rob, I, I think we should just have a little bit of discussion between the the two squads as to what we expect. I, I think both both squads have a Premier League game between now and then, um, but we we will meet next Friday. And um, you know, I, last time we talked, I was looking at the table. I felt. I felt decent because City still had a game in hand and we're down eight points. Uh, as we sit here now, we don't have a game in hand anymore and we're still down eight points. Um, the, it, the the thing I'm really clinging to as a City fan looking forward to the rest of the year is the fact that we still play Arsenal twice. That's a chance to get six points back. Also a chance to fall six points further back. Um, but, you know, we still control the destiny a little bit there. But I got to say, Arsenal seems like they're playing much better football right now than Man City are. Man City doesn't seem to have an identity um, other than chuck it into Holland and see if he can do anything with it. 
Um, midfield's having a really hard time holding, which is the that that's been what Man City has been since Pep has been here. It's been the midfield hold. You keep possession on your opponent's side of the pitch for you know sixty or seventy minutes of the game, and you know score a goal or two, let your defense do the rest. Um, and that City just doesn't have an identity. They don't know who their best players are. They a humongous World Cup hangover right now. Uh, Ruben Diaz uh, should be back. I think he'll be back for that Arsenal game. If not, the the game after. Um, how how do you see Arsenal right now matching up with Man City in in a little over a, a week, nine days to be exact? Uh, I think it's a great matchup. Uh, you know, just straight off the bat, you know, I, I think generally speaking, um. You know, you are correct with, uh, you know, Man City's form. It's been a little shaky as of late. I think that's generally a symptom of their squad depth where, you know, generally it is. And we talked a little bit about this last episode where, um, you know, Man City has such a deep squad that, you know, Pep is trying different combinations, different times where the downside to that is you don't get uh, massive consistency with the same lineup, whereas Arsenal has had that consistent lineup. Um, you know, the, the flip side of that argument is that later on in the season, to your point, you know, we'll play Arsenal and Man City will play each other twice uh, after the FA Cup match in the next uh, like month and a half. So, you know, as we get later in the season, um, you know, that's where the question of squad depth uh, may start to bite Arsenal and the the heel there. But uh, I think initially, um, you know, Man City's defense, um, you know, certainly not Liverpool level, uh, but it has been shaky. Um, they've given up some soft goals. Um, and, you, you know, that there isn't that they haven't been flowing as much um, as they were, say, in the beginning of the season before the World Cup break. Um, and, and to your point, you know, that they, they are, you know, I, I don't know if it's something where they're just purposely trying to get Collins to smash the premiership uh, total goals total. But, you know, it, it really is like, you know, get it to Erling Holland in the box and see what happens, which to be fair is a decent strategy if you have him. But, um, you know, Arsenal's too well-rounded of a team. And uh, other than Newcastle, I think, uh, uh, I think Arsenal's defense is, uh, you know, second best in the premiership right now. So, I think we just shut Holland down. Uh, Arsenal's really good on the counterattacks. Um, you know, off the bat, uh, I think we match up very well. Uh, what what is the what is the injury situation looking like for Arsenal? Um, uh, j- just a, a quick rundown. Uh, Ruben Diaz is really the only uh, injury that City are are working around right now. Not too much else. We're kind of at full squad depth. Um, I know Gabriel Jesus got hurt during the World Cup. Um, the initial indication was a couple of months, but um, how, how is that looking? Uh, not like there's been a huge drop off or anything from him. Uh, like we mentioned on the last on the last show, I feel like he he was kind of the catalyst to give a lot of these guys the confidence to play as a unit, and that is carrying over past him being available to play. Um, and you've had some of the younger guys really step up and uh, you know score in his place, but. Uh, what what is the injury uh, outlook for Arsenal in the next week or two? Yeah, I mean, really, the most notable injury uh, is is Gabriel Jesus. I mean, uh, no one's 
no one's really injured to his extent where they have to be out for uh, an extended amount of time. Um, you know, obviously we talked about before that in the premiership, it is, uh, you know, it, it is a more grueling season compared to most leagues. So, you know, guys are going to pick up knocks um, every now and then, but uh, Gabriel Jesus, I mean, uh, you know, their most recent reports is that, you know, he may be out for longer um, than was initially expected. So, you know, obviously that's not great to hear, but, um, you know, if anything, we're relying on our squad depth. Uh, Eddie Nketiah is doing a great job uh, playing in the striker position and uh, being assisted by Martinelli, uh, as well as Bukayo Saka um, in the midfield. Uh, you know, I, I think we're doing great. So uh, no, no notable injuries other than Gabriel Jesus. And, you know, we'll, we'll see on further updates uh, how long it's going to be. You, you guys don't have a shortage of Gabrielles on the squad. So if one goes down, you got two or three more to throw in there for, uh, for a Gabrielle. But um, is there, is there any lingering? Uh, I'm assuming there was no like actual injury sustained uh, from the, the Ramsdale incident. Is that, is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Not, not that I'm aware of maybe, maybe some bruised ego on the Tottenham side, but uh, you know, uh, no injuries known. Excellent. Well, I, I for one, just want to see a, a full depth squad. This is kind of the, the appetizer for the, the two massive, I mean, probably the two biggest matchups left on the Premier League table at this point are the Arsenal and City matchups is they're going to determine so much. But um, I, I can't wait to get a nice look at this. It's not going to be a full matchup. Like we said on the last show, it's not going to be your, your full normal 11 versus the other team's full normal 11. You'll have a, you know, a, a, a little bit of a reserve thrown in here or there just to maintain fitness or whatever for the rest of the, of the Premier League uh, season. But uh, I, I just can't wait to strap them up and play against Arsenal. It, it feels weird that we haven't done that yet this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I pushed back a little bit on the Arsenal side, at least, where, you know, we we generally have been playing uh, the same lineup, you know, give or take one or two people we might have different. Um, you know, Arsenal is after hardware. Uh, you know, I, I know to Arsenal fans, FA Cup does mean a lot. And, uh, you know, Arsenal being one of the historic original clubs, um, you know, I, I think – you know, you made the point where Pep is like, hey, you know, Champions League is our trophy we're going after. Uh, you know, uh, Arsenal, I think, is more taking the approach of, hey, we'll we'll take any of the hardware that we can get. And, you know, at, at this point, if we beat uh, Man City, you know, there is we'd probably be favored to win the FA Cup at that point. So, um, you know, maybe we put Matt Turner in goal. Um, or something like that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, the same starting 11 um, that were against Tottenham, which was a pretty strong squad from Arsenal. I, I feel like I'd be surprised if we saw Shaka. Other than that, I, I would agree. But guy like that, I, I just think you got to manage the miles on him going down the, going down the, uh, the, the Premier League, uh, especially if that's, if that's the ultimate goal. I mean, we're, Premier League doesn't end until – April 26th, 27th. That's, that's a lot of torturous physical play uh, for a guy that age. So um, everyone else though, I mean, the benefit for Arsenal is a lot of your players are young and they're, they're the same players that 
would benefit from these types of matches. So from an Arsenal perspective, I certainly can see that. Sort of has the feeling of a NFL week 17 or now week 18 game where there's something on the line, like both teams have qualified for the playoffs, like the divisions on the line or something. So you still want to play and there's something to play for and you want to like mostly put your best team out there, but you know that there's a greater kind of a greater prize out there and you're going to be seeing these guys at at that point. Uh, I'd rather just flip a coin, I think for games like that. Yeah. I mean, it it is, it is what it is. Um, I I think if I, I don't know, I'm not a manager, not a coach, but like it would be a great opportunity to, take a look at like a form a formation you want to try or, you know, different combinations of, of players in different places or positions or, or something like that. Like a, a, if you're going to play your, your top squad or most of your top squad, you might as well still try to get something out of a game. Yeah. I mean, and in, in city's perspective right now, we s- certainly are not in form enough to just say, Oh, okay, we're fine. Let's just play some of our reserves and move on to the next one. We, well, we, I think we need to use this particular uh, stretch of matches. Um, we play Tottenham. Uh, we play Arsenal. I think we play, um, I think we play Wolves. Uh, then we play two games before we play Arsenal. Um, th- this is a, a monumental stretch for City because we, we need to find something. Uh, Gr- Grealish and Mares, you know, uh, flanking Holland wasn't working in itself uh, uh, against uh, United. City went with the front line that I think everyone has been wanting to see. And it, everyone knows that it's not going to be the most crisp out of the gate, but it's the one we hope to see for the next three, four, five seasons. Um, and that's Foden on the left, Holland in the middle, Julian Alvarez on the right. Um, I think that's the best way to go. If, you know, scoring is an issue or anything like that, you've got Mares, you've got Grealish to sub on during the game. Um, big issue for City so far for me has been the midfield has left a lot to be desired. Um, Gundogan and, and Bernardo Silva have not been playing well. Kevin De Bruyne has not been KDB. He, his stats are, are, are still good, um, but they're a little bit, um, a little bit twisted because Holland just finishes pretty much everything that hits his foot or his head. Um, so uh, that there's just a lot of that minutiae, in the middle of games where the midfield is not done well. It's why we're getting countered and scored on so much. Um, so I think this is an opportunity for, for Pep to go out and say, this is who we want to be our primary contributors. Let's go get them together and then worry about our rotation later. We don't have the luxury of a rotation. If everyone is playing bad football, there is no luxury of rotation. If everyone sucks. Um, and City, w- with the highest transfer fee team in the entire world, that they, they, they do not look good. Uh, they look downright stagnant, bad, you know, uh, not on the same page. It is, it is a very piss-poor product right now. I mean, this is a team that, going into the World Cup, lost to Brentford. You know, that just not, not good productions even before the World Cup, so... This is a stretch that Pep has got to find something that works. He has to force something to work. Pep has done it before. And just a quick stat for you before, before we talk, Rob. Um, City at this point in the season has won the premiership title with less points to this point in the season. Um, 
13 and 14. City won with 38 points as we're sitting. Uh, in 2021, they won with 38 points as we're sitting. The difference is, to me, I see the 13-14 the team was captained by Vincent Company. The 2021 team was captained by Fernandinho. And I don't see that type of player on this squad anywhere. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's that's certainly a fair point. And I mean, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think really that's the point I was trying to make with uh, Arsenal, where I do think we are going to, uh, you know, we may rest one or two people. Um, but, you know, I think we are this first match. We want to play our, you know, go to 11 um, for the most part that we've been sticking with because that chemistry that they built up is why we've just had such free flowing football, which is very refreshing to watch as an Arsenal fan. You know, the game really opens up and our players really not only play to their potential, but they play above their potential where, you know, that's to your exact point, I think where Man City is struggling is because, you know, you haven't played up to your potential because, you know, there's, there isn't as much chemistry going on. And I think that's where, you know, you're starting to see, I don't want to say it's lacking passion, but it, it kind of it is. is like you can you can you can read people like the players' body language uh, and stuff where you know the, the, there needs to be uh, a fire lit under their ass, and you know I think this is the match where to your point. That's why I think uh, just because it's the FA Cup, um, you know I, I think Pep at this point in the season he's starting to get you know his seat's starting to get a lot hotter, right where you know, okay, let's go out with the lineup that I think we should stick with that has the most chemistry. And, you know, the Arsenal manager, Arteta, he's not dumb. Okay, well, we're going to match that. And so I think it is going to be, you know, both of them putting, if not their best starting 11, at least their best starting nine, uh, you know, plus or minus one or two different phases. It's it's a good point. And certainly the the World Cup, has certainly thrown a little bit of a wrench into your your normal planning, you know, because re where we're at now, if we were in a normal season, that there's not much time off between that Premier League, you know, first half of the season and when this round of the FA Cup's coming up. So you're typically a little bit more beaten up. It's a lot more, it's a lot fresher, a lot more in line. There, there hasn't been this giant rest really beforehand um, or, or break for some players. Um, so I, I, I do think it is a little bit different. If this was a normal year, City's not playing anybody. Um, but City probably also has a little bit more of their form because there hasn't been that huge break from the World Cup, which for whatever reason, they just seem to have a bigger hangover than everybody else from it. Um, but I, I, I'm really intrigued uh, to, to see what Pep does because I think you're spot on. And it's what I felt as well. There is just a little bit of complacency. Um, and I, it, it was to be expected from me because we've heard Bernardo Silva talk about wanting a different challenge. We've heard Ilkay Gundogan talk about wanting a different challenge. I think these guys are bored. Um, you know what? It, it sounds dumb to, to be bored playing Premier League football, but they, they seem bored. And it seems like everyone is just focused on the, the, the UCL. They don't seem particularly inclined to playing their best right now during the premier league uh pep certainly doesn't seem inclined to 
play all of his players in their best positions. Um, Kyle Walker had no business playing against United on, uh, on, on Saturday. Um, <laughs> Rico Lewis is just so much better than him right now. And uh, there's just, a, there's a lot of, uh, it's just not a good feeling. And it's not a feeling I've had really as a city fan for a while. It's just not a good feeling. It's just that there is something missing. There's like this heartbeat, like I said, company Fernandinho, we just don't have that, you know, as good as KDB is, as good as Holland and Foden are. They're just not that, you know, that 40-year-old veteran like those guys were to just kind of keep the ship righted. Uh, that's not quite a coach and really not quite a contributor as a player. But uh, that guy who's been there, seen everything, knows how to keep a locker room fine. Not that there's problems in the locker room, but, um, you know, there's been a lot said that the new uh, acquisitions are having trouble picking up the pep system. Jack Grealish has been kind of the main focus of that. And, you know, I'm not going to call him dumb, but I've seen a video of him where he was asked to point at a map of England where he's from and he doesn't know. Um, so uh, not, not, a, not a great sign when you come into a more complicated system like pep runs and you don't even know where you're at, where you're from on the map of England. Um, but yeah, that, kind of got all of my city stuff out of the way. That's, that's the way I feel. Um, Pep, Pep's, uh, Pep came out and said today, uh, our, our issue is we need to get Erling more games. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like that guy's doing more right than anybody else. You need to get everyone else more games. Those are the ones who don't feel like they can't even put passes into Holland, much less him, him score them. They haven't come close to him. What do you think? Uh, what do you think Jack Grealish scored on the on the Wonderlic test? <laughs> Would he score I, higher or lower than Morris Claiborne did? I don't think oh. Jack Grealish showed up for the Wonderlic test. <laughs> I'll put it. I'll put it this way: uh, Jack Grealish definitely has hot girl brain. Um, there's no way around saying it. Uh, he's certainly not the sharpest tool in the shed. Isn't he like kind of like a playboy though? Like I've seen a bunch of fans like with like jerseys that say 69 with Mrs. Grealish written on them. Like, is he just like one of those guys who's popular? Cause he's hot. Yes. Or people think uh, he's, he's okay. He's not just, he's, he's not very good at, he's not very good at the game of soccer. If what I'm he's basically the show love Island put in one person. Well, okay. it, that that's a good way to put it. He is very good. Um, the, the problem is I just don't think he works in this system. whatsoever. it was so dumb to, to, set the premier league transfer record a hundred million pounds for this guy. And he just doesn't even work in the system. Uh, if anywhere, he should be playing midfield. He has no business playing the wing um, because at, at Aston Villa, they just said, Hey, it, it was basically like Will Smith and fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Just, just pat, pat, pass it to pass it to Jackie boy. Let him go do it. Uh, that, that doesn't work at city. That doesn't work at the top of the table. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I would I would be playing him in the midfield though. He's he's a much better midfielder than he is a winger right now. My my last known Grealish, I I will say the Drake curse is real. Uh, once Drake, uh, you know, started interacting with him and brought him out to a concert, you know, you started to see the decline of Jack Grealish, as you've seen with many athletes that Drake has you know attached himself to. So, uh, you know, in his defense, potentially. Uh, the Drake curse is very real. So we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, how it pans out for the rest of the season. It makes like me more, feel better. More entertaining version of the Madden curse. <laughs> the Aubrey Graham curse. 
<laughs> That's right. The um, uh, I guess just in closing here, uh, you know, my predictions for uh, you know, City versus Arsenal. Um, you know, I do see the Gunners pulling it out, and uh, I do think it really starts in the midfield where, you know, you had pointed it out, Alex, that's where um, you guys are having trouble linking up play uh, from the back to the front. And, you know, our, our midfield is absolutely on fire right now between uh, Martin Odegaard, our young captain, uh, Xhaka obviously is a stalwart there. Uh, sometime usually you put sock on the wing, but if he plays in midfield, um, and, and just the link up from our attacking defenders, uh, specifically Ben White, aka Benny Blanco, uh, and Alexander Zinchenko, uh, they've both been playing out of their minds. So I, I'd say, especially on the right side, look up for the link up play between Zinchenko, uh, Odegaard in center midfield, and then Sokka on the right wing, and uh, you know that's that time and time again has, if it doesn't lead directly to a goal from that side, it immediately sets one up uh, on the counter. So uh, I see, I see Arsenal. Um, I, I could see two, one, two, one to the Gunners. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to give three, one to the Gunners and uh quick, quick side note. You, you know, that meme, uh, where it's like uh, the the cartoon of Wolverine, he's laying in his bed and he's kind of longingly looking at a picture <laughs> of something. Yeah. That that's me with Alexander Zinchenko. I miss that guy so freaking much. He he did everything for us. Why the hell we wouldn't let him play in midfield? We don't even have room for him to play at left or right back. Why wouldn't we just let him play midfield? He's he's so he's so good, and he was so good down the stretch for City last year too. I was so I was way more upset at us letting him go because. It made sense for Gabby to go. It just with what our future plans were, it made sense to let Gabby go. But Zinchenko does everything we need him to do, which is play, you know, literally up and down the left side of the of the pitch. He's not a left back, mid or wing. He just plays the left side of the pitch. And I miss him so so much. Well, from City to Liverpool, the next loser of this weekend. Uh it was ugly against Brighton on the road. Uh, three nothing, uh, three nil, um, and then they actually have a game against Wolves uh, Tuesday in, in the FA Cup, who they tied with in the first leg of the aggregate at Anfield. So this is on the road. Um, Virgil Van Dyke is looking at a, at least a month on the sidelines. Well, maybe maybe three weeks from now. This was back on the sixth when they announced his injury. He obviously did not play, uh, has not been playing, uh, and the the defense has struggled. Um, I want to make sure I pronounce this guy's name right. The guy who who replaced him, um, <clears throat> Ibrahima Kanate, uh, the French the French guy. Um, that he he I think was their best player on on Saturday, which isn't really saying a whole lot. I actually had to go to work, so I didn't catch the second half. But I left, stopped to get food from the grocery store on my way to work, and in that time, Liverpool had given up two goals. So it was another one of those days. Um, and they've got they've got a matchup with Chelsea coming up. That's their next EPL match, um, and. Uh, they, it's just really looking rough for them on the, the defensive side. Uh, Salah has, has been, yeah, you know, he, he needs a lot of support to, to be as effective as, as he has, as he normally is. And he wasn't getting that. He hasn't been getting that. Uh, so really the, the, the attack needs, needs to, to find itself before I think the game is Saturday. Yeah, the game is Saturday uh, against Chelsea. Good news for you. Chelsea is a get right game for everyone right now. Um, 
Sorry, sorry that Hove couldn't brighten up your day on Saturday, though. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> that that was good. I like that. The um, I, I will say, you know, I, I wasn't surprised at Brighton beating Liverpool. Um, you know, uh, I'd said previous episode, you know, the it, it's gonna be fireworks no matter what. I would have thought there'd be, you know, some goals on the Liverpool side as well. But I mean. Brighton's been playing out of their mind this season as well. Them and Brentford, to me, are, you know, they are, they are true dark horses for the Premiership title. Um, you know, I don't know how realistic that is, but, you know, they're really the giant slayers, if you will, um, of the Premiership this season. Uh, think of, you know, Leicester, or Leicester City of yesteryear uh, when they won uh, the uh, Premiership. So, uh, you know, that, that's a tough team for Liverpool to play, but I, I think that you guys were suffering also from you immediately putting Cody Gakpo, uh, which is a good thing. I mean, you need Gakpo right now. And again, it's just, it's going to take time to find that chemistry. Um, I do think, to your point, Luke, where Mohamed Salah does need support. I think once um, Gakpo starts to gel with the team and fit into the system, um, you know, I do think that uh, channel will open up between Salah and Gakpo as well. So, um, you know, it's growing pains. We're still halfway through the season. You know, can it be, you, you know, Liverpool can come back for sure. But, uh, you know, their play as of late, I mean, the, the defense, as you mentioned, you know, even with Virgil van Dijk in there was, you know, it was a decent defense. It was respectable, but it certainly wasn't the defense of Liverpool's past. And, you know, with Van Dyke out uh, leading from the back, uh, I, I mean, it was very shaky back there. I mean, <laughs> you have, like, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I feel bad for because he's an amazing attacking defender. Uh, like, I mean, legitimately, some of the crosses he's made where he hits it with the outside of his foot and hits it with incredible pace and incredible bend, um, I don't think there's anyone better than him in the world at that. But, I mean, you know, it, your defenders are not playing up to the standard that they need to right now. And, uh, you know, Alice and your goalkeeper is certainly letting them know. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see if it improves. But, uh, you know, I, I think give it, give it three or four more matches once Gakpo comes back in and uh, or gels with the team more. Uh, I think you'll see a little bit of an uptick. Uh, with Liverpool. That's just my opinion, though. Trent, Trent reminds me of the right-sided version of Joao Cancelo. Um, they're, they're really not defenders. They're just they're, – they're, they're basically extra attackers. They, they don't really defend. They're, they're extra midfielders that are really good at passing. I, I, I take Trent right now over the way Joao is playing, but that they remind me of each other just kind of in the utility uh, that they play on the pitch. Yeah, yeah Liverpool, that's a great comparison. Liverpool is sitting at ninth right now, really tied for ninth with Chelsea. So that's a that's a big swing game. They're they're quite a bit ahead in goal differential, eight goals. So you know, a draw would keep them ahead. I don't want to draw though. I, I want to win, especially against Chelsea, who's floundering right now. Um, but uh, Brentford, Brighton, you know, Bright, Brighton jumped ahead of them with that result uh, on Saturday. Um, Fulham, Fulham's actually up there. They're playing playing the best soccer they've they've played in a while. Um, up at six. And then, then if, if it ended today, um, which it obviously does not, Arsenal, Man City, Newcastle, and Man U would go 
uh, to to the Champions League. I, I think another thing for Liverpool, and I, I think I've mentioned this on probably every right Haas show that we've done, is they, they're putting a lot of eggs in that UCL basket. And they play against Real Madrid in the, the round of 16 in, in a rematch. And I, I part of me wonders if, I, I, and I don't, I don't necessarily endorse this strategy, if that's what Jurgen Klopp is going with, obviously as my username for, for this meeting is, um, is, is fuck Jurgen Klopp. But uh, I, I just kind of wonder if they're just being like, all right, let's, let's put everything into the, the Champions League this year, especially with who they've got here in the quarterfinal, or I should say round of 16. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to take shots at Liverpool because that's it's just not what I want to do on this show. But um, especially where they're sitting on the table, they really need to put all their chips into the UCL this year because it's likely that they won't be there next year. Um, so e- even more uh, focus and you know t- time uh, time sensitive goals there for for Liverpool to get right in time for that next Real Madrid. It, Real Madrid, you said it's who you play next? Yeah, in the round of 16. And, and, the and rematch. Also, with how, right, with how close they got last season and didn't win. Yeah, so that, that, it's going to be interesting to monitor. Um, Gakpo, obviously, uh, like, like Rob said, is just a, a huge player. And I, I, I got I to think that Liverpool are almost in the same basket with City where we do – what we would do things to benefit uh, our UCL run at the cost of our Premier Premier League run. Although I don't think Liverpool would do it and sacrifice a top four finish. So I'm interested to see how it plays out the rest of the way, because there are, I mean, we're talking Fulham, Brighton, Brentford, and Tottenham are really the ones that are between them. And three of those four teams are in the last three or four years been promoted from the, you know, second league. So there's no reason they should be ahead of Liverpool and Chelsea, but they're, they're playing better, but good news is for Liverpool, they're one game away from jumping all of them. So it'll be interesting. The strategy that Liverpool takes on the stretch. Do they favor trying to win this UCL or favor finishing top four so that they can continue trying for UCLs? February schedule softens up a little bit. Uh, They have a premier league match with wolves on the fourth and then the friendly Derby. Uh, on the 13th and the toughest game of that month I think is with Newcastle before they play Crystal Palace to close out February and around that round of 16 first leg which will be at home at Anfield um, and then the second leg will be in Madrid at Estadio Santiago Bernabeu um, but but Rob what what are you, you saw the highlights from that game against against Brighton what, what did you take from it uh, I mean Liverpool you know, it was a bad day for them. You know, they certainly played like a shell of their former selves. Uh, You know, it's not, it's not the Liverpool teams that, you know, won the Champions League, you know, within the last two years. They did not play, obviously, okay, they're down certain key players. Sure, that's one thing, but just the chemistry is pretty similar to, you know, the critiques we had for Man City was, uh, you know, there was somewhat a lack of passion and complacency and you know okay is part of that on the players uh sure but the point i've made uh you know the previous episode and i'm gonna make again is that starts with the manager um so you know you know alex i know that you were highly critical of uh pep with man city where you're like hey like you need to get your head out of your ass and you know let's stick to something let's have consistency let's make something happen here 
I mean, Jurgen Klopp's in the same exact boat. I'd say more so Jurgen Klopp, where, you know, having that Champions League hangover, uh, if you will. But uh, I mean, that, that really starts from the manager setting the tone. Um, because, I mean, Brighton just in general, watching the match, I mean, Brighton dominated Liverpool, you know, midfield, defensively, uh, if offensively. Uh, and, and they just played with a hunger. They played, they came to win, they wanted to win, they were passionate. Um, and because of that, they had amazing, uh, you know, flow of the ball uh, all the way from the back through midfield uh, through the attack. And I mean, the uh, I'm drawing a blank on, uh, I think it's, it's not Matumo, but the, the Japanese midfielder um, for Brighton, um, I'm blanking on his name, but he... I mean, he, he's having a phenomenal season and coming right off of that World Cup for Japan, where he was one of their main stays. I mean, it, he's playing absolutely incredible right now. And um, I mean, there's a number of Brighton players that just, you know, and they're playing, they're playing like they want to win. And I think you just really saw, a, you know, an unmotivated Liverpool side. And, you know, it's the manager's job to motivate your team so yeah, Ma um, matoma matoma that's right matoma. yeah i mean yeah. matoma has been i mean he, he's been playing lights out uh he's been playing fantastic there's a there's a couple other brighton players that uh, i'm drawing a blank on but yeah. uh solly march had solly march had two goals yeah he oh oh my goodness my my favorite goal of um the last week or two was march's second goal it was I mean, it, it was ridiculous. It, it was, was cheeky, as you described it as cheeky. Yeah. And it it, that, doesn't, it need, that word needs to be earned, you know? Yes. No, it was the definition of a cheeky goal. I mean, if you go back and look at it, uh, you know, for the listeners that are tuning in, definitely watch that highlight because it's, uh, when it comes to like mathematics, like the angle he's shooting from, he really has to dip under the ball and hit it just with enough power and to get it to curve back. And I mean, it, it completely stunned. Um, it completely stunned Allison in goal. Like he, he just didn't see that coming at all, even though he tried to save it. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, just Brighton just played a better game and they were hungry for the win. And that's really what it came down to where, you know, listen, Liverpool's within one or two matches of, you know, Fulham, Brighton and Brentford and has the game in hand, at least for two of them. And, you, you know, so they still have time to turn it around, but, you know, Jurgen Klopp really needs to look in the mirror and not just at himself and say, how am I going to lead this team, but how am I going to motivate this team and build this team together? Probably by throwing things around and yelling in German. Uh, that'd be my guess. We'll see how that, we'll see how the, his mileage may vary. <laughs> maybe a new set of teeth. <laughs> or maybe like some actual clothes to wear on the fucking sidelines like I, I, i'm not saying everyone needs to wear a suit but goddamn man you think people like seeing your nuts jurgen klopp <laughs> okay, yeah fo anyway. focus less on the hipster fashion and focus more on the scoreboard and what's going on the pitch that's just my take <laughs> well they are playing chelsea who uh if there's a team that's played worse than them over the last, uh, you know, the last few weeks since the world cup ended. It's, it's certainly Chelsea. And I was listening to another podcast today, just kind of to get myself ready to, to do this show. Um, shout out uh, the flag stays down cheeky, cheeky podcast about Chelsea. If any, if there's any overlap in our audience between them and them and us, uh, you may be familiar, but um, 
they they were kind of accepting the fact that like uh, Chelsea is going to kind of blow, kind of blow up the roster and they had an ownership change. Uh, but Todd Bowley seems like kind of a, 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 one of those owners that's going to just infuse lots of cash flow and just kind of try and build a, a another roster because what they have right now is sort of falling apart. The most hilarious thing for Chelsea, I just had to get this in. I can't not say it is if you want to know how Chelsea's season is going right now, Imagine you pay 11 million pounds for a transfer for Zhao Felix, and immediately within five minutes of him being brought into the game, he gets an immediate red card. That's how Chelsea season's going. So it's hilarious to watch. I love it. Chelsea, who are you? Dude, it's, it's unreal to look at their roster and then say they are 10th. <laughs> they are literally the midpoint of the Premier League table. And that's I, – I think they just continue to drop. We'll see what this Mer- – I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name. Merdrik, Merdrik, uh, the left winger that they just bought for uh, – what was it, 80-something million pounds on transfer? Never heard of the guy, um, which is probably more a me thing than a him thing. Um, but they, they they are certainly grasping at every possible straw. I, I think Arsenal was in on him as well, and Chelsea wound up winning out. Rob, do you have any – any idea uh, about that particular player? Um, yeah, so Mudrich, uh, I believe he's Dutch. So he was on the Dutch squad in the World Cup, and uh, he's a new up-and-coming player. Um, you know, I'm not pretend like I know a lot about him because I really don't, but, um, you know, he he's certainly the injection of, you know, young talent that Chelsea needs. Um, but, again, Ukrainian. it's, it's – Pardon? Ukrainian. Oh, Ukrainian. Oh, okay. For some reason, because uh, he had an orange jersey on his previous teams he played for. Yeah, he so. came from Shakhtar Donetsk, right? Oh, right? okay. I guess that's I guess that's what their jersey was. But um, yeah, I mean, like the you know, Chelsea classic, they're trying to go in, get a guy. Obviously, he wasn't cheap, but like he could certainly be uh more expensive, I'll put it that way. Um, so, you know, they're just trying to get a guy in before that has a lot of potential. And, you know, they're, again, like Luke said, they're grasping at straws. Let's change the season with one transfer, which, okay, sure, it can happen. But, I mean, you know, money doesn't solve all of your problems. And, uh, you know, it, it comes down. Graham Potter, he's having a hell of a time. Uh, there's a hilarious meme. I tried to find it to share with you guys before, but, uh, it's, it shows how much Graham Potter's age, uh, over this season with Chelsea. And it's, it's probably one of the funniest memes I've ever seen. It's, he goes from like a normal man to like Voldemort status. It's, it's pretty incredible, but poor guy, uh, hope he can turn it around. Um, but I mean, at this point, Chelsea is, they're just not playing well. They're not playing good team football. And ultimately the the teams that win are the ones that play the best all around team football. And, you know, you're seeing symptoms of that to a lesser result at Man City and at Liverpool, but, you know, Chelsea's like the exhibit a poster child of that happening right now with all the talent that they have on the squad. You want to know how I feel about it? It's like the sign, the Seinfeld meme where Jerry's just like, that's a shame. And just goes on eating peanuts or shrimp or whatever the hell he's eating. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> whatever. It, it's, it's almost like their their owner, the last game he played was like FIFA 16. 
So he just he's just picking up all the good players from FIFA 16. Doesn't realize we're at FIFA 23. Uh, like, I, I mean, I, I guess you go get this this new Ukrainian, but is he, is he any better than Raheem Sterling on the left wing? You know, um, I I don't know why they're building like the 2015 super squad over there in Chelsea. It's it's 2023. You you can get some new players like oh, oh, Obama Yang got out of the premiership for a reason and it's because he had more than run his due course you know go go find so that Havertz guy keep trying him he hasn't really worked yet but keep keep trying um and maybe tape Christian Pulisic's ankle that he keeps breaking or spraining or whatever it is and you know keep developing Mason Mount stop bringing in you know the golden oldies of Premier League players I mean, for fuck's sake, Gareth Southgate was able to figure out to take Mason Mount out of the England starting lineup. Come on, Chelsea. Come on. I, I'll Southgate say this, though. I'll say this, though. I was pissed off at them getting Chucharella in the offseason. And he, for my money, he's their best player. Like, the two matches that they played consecutively with City, he was by far and away their best player the entire time. I completely agreed. He definitely – because I saw online people were – giving him a lot of uh, trash talk. And I was like, he, um, the two city matches that I watched, he clearly was not even their best defender. He played better than their whole midfield. Yeah. And he has the best main on that team as well. Like that guy is winning everywhere except for on the score sheet with Chelsea. He, he is the, he is their best player and good thing for him. Bad thing for Chelsea. Just hope they don't get it together by Saturday. Just do it after Saturday. Oh, they they will not. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you they will not. Oh, now, what, will Liverpool have it together by Saturday? I also don't know. But Chelsea yeah. won't have it together. Oh, man. Yes, we're, we got we got a few minutes left here on this episode of the right hosh. But uh, Rob mentioned at the top transfer. I almost said transfer portal because I'm still wired for uh, wired for, for college football. But tra- transfer window, any other big notable transfers either – maybe speculated or actually happened that uh, should our listeners should hear about from either of y'all actually. I mean, um, I mean, Mudrich, Mudrich was really, that was the latest one that was being speculated over the last couple of weeks and, you know, ended up happening. And then Gakpo was the big one before that. Um, I, I will say, uh, I forgot to mention this on our previous episode, but um I think Brentford are going all in on this season because uh, as of recording the last episode, which, you know, that was roughly a week and a half ago, um, they've made a lot of transfer moves and that was two weeks ago. So I'm not sure um, if they've added more, but, um, you know, Brentford is certainly putting their money where their mouth is and uh, they're certainly putting a lot of money into transfers. And I think, Brentford's trying to make that dark horse push. So I'd be curious to see of the two dark horses, Brighton Brentford, which are pretty much neck and neck right now. Uh, my prediction is that Brentford later on in the season um, separates from Brighton just because they are investing in talented squad depth. So that's, that's a one speculative thing to note on my end. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have too much. I don't think City are going to be very active. I think City are loading up to uh, keep keep themselves in the fight for the Bellingham for the the Jude Bellingham fight that's going to come off this uh, this off season. Um, I think there's a lot of squads that are doing that. Only things that I've really heard are 
maybe uh, trading Joel Cancelo. I've heard a couple of things about a swap deal um, for Rafael Leal. Uh, Grealish for Leal is essentially what I had heard. Um, that was a couple of weeks ago. That hasn't really gone anywhere. I can see it happening. Um, but other than that, I, I think City's going to be really quiet at the transfer window. It'd be a shame if they started really embracing Cancelo culture. I actually, I stand corrected. I forgot. There's one specific transfer that actually within the last few days, uh, rumblings have started happening is actually Declan Rice from West Ham, which uh, it, I would, I would think that that will actually more likely happen than not just because West Ham, you know, Declan Rice is playing well, um, West Ham obviously is not in a good West Ham of the teams that are in the bottom, which we'll get to here in the last few minutes. Um, you know, West Ham, I think, are more unlucky than the other teams where they've played good games, uh, good matches. And, you know, they've had, you know, goals disallowed or they've, they've narrowly lost. They haven't really been blown out massively by anyone um, other than like the, the top two or three teams. But um, you know, it, it make a lot of sense for Declan Rice. That will be a big price tag transfer. Um, and, you know, look for, you know, people are speculating Arsenal, potentially Chelsea or Newcastle um, to make a move on him. So I, I think the next big ticket transfer would be Declan Rice. And I, I think that's something that will develop over, I'd say, the next like four to six weeks. We'll see if that's just hearsay or not. Wild to me because rice is normally one of the, the least expensive staple crops. That's why I eat it so much. That yes. Silver <laughs> eggs. Look how that's working out. <laughs> well, I mean, we got we got just a couple minutes here. Um, I love here Declan Rice Alexander for the for the. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Um, but rice, rice, we, baby. <laughs> vanilla rice actually doesn't sound doesn't sound great. I have to leave that one in the good idea bank. Um, any any last last minute banter here? Um, maybe soccer, not necessarily soccer. Just last couple minutes here of the right hosh. Uh, been been a week or so, a little over a week since we talked. It might might be another week or so. So, any any again, more like kind of burning Rome is burning questions or anything? Uh, again, I just got to get it out again. Fuck the scummers. I love that Southampton are still in last place. Can't wait to see them get relegated down to Division Two. Um, and uh, the the only other big thing for me. Uh, I mean, could this be the season, guys, that Everton finally gets relegated? They're one of the only teams that have never been relegated from the Premiership, and they are not playing well at all. And I would love it. I would love it's, it. It's pretty sad to watch, honestly. And, you know, my speculation from that, you know, I, I don't think it's really that much of a hot take now, but um, I do think going forward to the next – uh, international tournament, which will be the Euro, uh, which will be um, next year um, in the summer. I do see Aaron Ramsdale being the new England keeper. Um, I think there will be a passing of the torch between him and uh, Jordan Pickford. Interesting. Uh, a lot of quality English goalies. Uh, Nick Nick Pope probably going to be in that conversation a little bit as well. Uh, just definitely just with his size alone. He's a formidable uh, keeper. Yeah, I, 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 I uh, 
I, I think it, it's the opposite of when you buy a Chevy, you pick Ford. <laughs> Jordan pick Ford. That's, that's the sign that I'm running out of gas. <laughs> oh boy. Well, it's been, it's been a pleasure talking, talking football with you, proper English football with you guys today. I think we need to relegate Luke for, for that. <laughs> let it, let him join Everton in uh, Everton land over there and get relegated to the, the sec, the, the right hosh league too. <laughs> oh, man, they, if, we, if we ever if there's ever a, if there's ever a crew of people lower than us on the totem pole i i'd, I'd shudder to meet those three <laughs> well the, the, the right hash burning bush league if you will <laughs> i i was gonna say i i watched the premier league mornings with uh with with some of those guys and uh shit i think we do almost as good of a job <laughs> just need to get the british accents down well two of us do uh, but I want to get I want to get Tim Howard on here. We might be the only soccer podcast in the states. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe so, maybe so. But anyway, glad y'all could join me today. Um, we got a got a got a, a jam packed uh, right hash episode coming your way this week as well. So to tune in for that uh, NFL playoffs in full swing. Um, and if if you've missed any of our previous right hosh episodes, uh, please do uh, go back and listen to those. Even though it's old hat, if you will. Uh, with the World Cup. Still, still lots of plenty of good insight, plenty of good memories, and reminiscing on what happened in the pattern. So, with all that said, uh, I have to take off now. So, we have to take off now, but of course, we will talk to you next time. From the